So how about we start our time together this morning with a history lesson. Oh, I can hear the groans now. (laughs) This morning, actually, I want to share with you a piece of history. It's called the British Guiana One Cent Magenta, and it's a stamp. Now, I don't have a British Guiana one-cent magenta, and I never will. But what I do have are a few albums of stamps lovingly put together over the course of the past two years. Did you know that millennials are stamp collectors now? So here's what happened. I started watching YouTube videos at the start of the pandemic about stamps. And I wanted to start my own collection, but I had no idea how I was going to do that. And so I reached out to our local stamp club in Lawrence. Two hours later, a box of stamps was sitting outside my front door, delivered house to house by a mask-wearing stamp collector named Devin. Devin wanted to share his love of collecting with me, and over the course of a few months, his gift of a stamp collection helped me to stay focused, not on the stress of the pandemic, but on a new, wide world of philatelic, that means stamp, history, discovery, and story. Devin is one of the many throughout the pandemic who sought ways to connect with me and with others, who helped me and others through a challenging time, and he wanted to give back in whatever way he could, much like these people. Let's watch. And of course, while this is an anxious time for many, neighbors around the area are stepping up to help their communities. Will Uick shares some of their stories. I wanted to reach out and help in any way needed in our community. As many are flocking to grocery stores to load up for their families, Eileen Crilly is here to help out those who need it. It doesn't take much when you're thinking about what's going on to keep the elderly in mind. She posted a message on Nextdoor, letting those near her know if they have a compromised immune system or are elderly, she'd be happy to help out and go to the store for them. To let our senior citizens know that we're there for them, especially those who have no one else. And her kindness is widespread. So we are, in general, just looking out for the community. Teachers like Amanda Hahn know that not all parents understand schoolwork and homework assignments. There's just so many new things that parents aren't used to in the curriculums. With schools closed, she and many other teachers have posted to Facebook, volunteering to answer questions or assist confused parents. So that they can make sure that their education doesn't have any gaps in it. Because we know once they go on to the next grade, it's just like a building. If that base isn't there, they're not going to be able to build on top. In another community, parents are organizing scavenger hunts, games, and even the writing of uplifting messages and sidewalk chalk to offer a little bit of fun and sense of community in this strange and troubling time. 
all these messages to smile and you know good wishes and stay happy there's a lot of written messages that the kids have done and they're fantastic whether it's chalk writings help with schoolwork or errand running they all have the same message and they really show love and what love means and caring about others that your neighbors care and we're all in this together it is just heartwarming to see everyone come together like they have will uick it's it's wonderful three news do you remember that feeling of community and connection two years ago it seemed like the whole world was coming together helping one another through an experience that none of us had experienced before it was a challenging moment met with kindness with abundant sharing of resources with a willingness to try new things to get creative in responding to a world that was shutting down our human need for relationship and interconnection was amplified during this time, and many of us rose to the challenge to link ourselves with our neighbors, with, even with people we didn't really know, to share our lives with one another. Even with people, like I said, who we wouldn't have really connected with otherwise. That hasn't really lasted all that long, right? Many of us now are back to our old routines. We're not really connected like we were in those early days of the pandemic by a common cause. But for me, it was a vision of how we might live out the gospel by sharing, by connecting, by being in community together. When he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home so many gathered around there that there was no longer room for them, not even in front of the door. And he was speaking the word to them. Then some people came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. And when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they moved the roof above him. And after having dug through it, they let down the mat on which the paralytic lay. While Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. And so that you may know that the Son of a man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. And he said to the paralytic, I say to you, stand up, take your mat, and go home. And he stood up, immediately took the mat, and went out before all of them, so that they were all amazed and glorified by God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. This is a story about a miracle, but not the miracle you might think. Let's imagine for a moment what it must have been like to have been this man paralyzed. Now, he was the epitome of social distancing, an outcast, his whole life spent on his mat relying completely on the welfare of others to feed him, carry him, clothe him, and clean him. In the ancient world, if you suffered from a malady like this, life would have been horrible. This is a world where Greeks regularly killed those with physical abnormalities. Yes, even children. There was this idea that if you were suffering physically, it was because of something you had done. 
Remember that other New Testament story where the disciples see a blind man and say, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? So the miracle in this story is not relief from paralysis or physical abnormalities. It is a miracle of deep community and connection. You see, these people who took the paralyzed man to the house where Jesus was preaching, these people who broke open the roof because they were so desperate that this man be seen by Jesus, these people who in the face of formidable obstacles, social stigma, inconvenience, their own time and energy, through all of this, these people insisted on something more. These people insisted on community, on friendship. We all sit on various mats ourselves, if we think about it. There are mats that distinguish us from others because of our identity, our orientation, our skin color, our economic impact. And throughout the pandemic, of course, we were all on mats of potential illness, separation from neighbors, friends, and family. And like the miracle of the paralyzed man's friends, the miracle of the pandemic is that in communities across our nation and across the world, people came together in the face of a formidable obstacle to care for one another. We set aside our differences for the sake of those who needed our help. We were kinder, gentler, and more open to one another. And the beaches bore new wildlife that scuttled off into the seas. Some people started dancing. Some were singing. Some were baking. We'd grown so used to bad news, but some good news was in the making. And so when we found the cure and were allowed to go outside, we all preferred the world we found to the one we'd left behind. Old habits became extinct and they made way for the new and every simple act of kindness was now given its due. But why did it take a virus to bring the people back together? Well, sometimes you've got to get sick, my boy, before you start feeling better. Now lie down and dream of tomorrow and all the things that we can do. And who knows, if you dream hard enough, maybe some of them will come true. We now call it the Great Realization. And yes, since then there have been many. But that's the story of how it started, and why hindsight's 2020. <laughs> Something is different about the world we now live in. Something has become clearer, and that is our willingness to be in community with one another. We don't do it perfectly, right? Because so much of this medical emergency has been politicized, we find ourselves at odds with those who are on the other side of the mask debate or the vaccine debate. The debates that keep us preoccupied and tuned into those cable news shows. But we are willing, I think, to see a different world now. We've done it throughout this pandemic in our neighborhood gatherings and virtual events, hanging out in our pods, 
And now there is both a great challenge and a great opportunity as we begin to move out of this long season of pandemic. We now have the opportunity to tear the roof off our self-created houses of self-interest, our me-first American way of seeing the world, our unfortunate tendency to put ourselves ahead of others. Our challenge now is to see the world as it can be, as it could be. The great realization for our time is that we are better together than we ever were apart. We are strengthened by our unity. We are healed in our belonging to one another, in the ways in which we stand up for one another. So let us prefer the world we have found to the one we have left behind. Let us make way for the new and let us be a people brought together by the miracle of friendliness, the miracle of togetherness, the miracle of community. Amen.